Law Focus Podcast. Law Focus with Millicent Diweni and Tepo Mohabi. Tuesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. on PowerFM. FM listener on this Tuesday evening, the 9th of February 2021. And this is our second show of the year. It has just gone 7 p.m. Welcome to Law Focus with me, Millicent Ndiweni, as well as my uh, partner, Tepo Mohapi on VFM 88.1. Since our last conversation last week, a lot has unfolded in our country. For starters, the vaccines did indeed arrive, AstraZeneca, and we have since been alarmed with media reports about the imminent expiry date of the vaccines. Not only do they have a six-month expiry date, but they are reported to only be 22% effective. Health Minister Dr. Zwilim Kize has, however, spoke on SAFM yesterday that the Johnson & Johnson vaccines will be rolled out across the country as of next week. Although President Cyril Ramaphosa did say in his last address to the country that no one will be forced to take vaccines, legal opinion by the legal giant Cliff Decker, half mayor, uh, which is a law firm published in a guide, um, a guide that has suggested that employers may have legal grounds to dismiss workers should they refuse the COVID-19 vaccination. So this seems to be a contentious and it's a continuous issue that we are yet to see how it will unfold. But while you ponder on these latest updates, some of which we will chat about more in our legal hotspots, here's what you can look forward to in the show tonight. Do you know how to terminate a customary marriage? Perhaps you have a family member who married in terms of customary law and believes that they are divorced. Maybe you are in that situation. Are they really divorced because the ramifications of not terminating a customary marriage correctly that is legally can have adverse consequences for you yep that's what you can look forward uh, to tonight Tepo, what's for tea yeah yeah tea, tea seems to be the flavor of the week you know everybody's tea 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 um yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think the last time tea made was such a big deal was when uh, Mandela went to go and visit um, uh, Hendrik Verwoet's um, widow in, in Orania. I think that was in the late 90s. That was the last time we had tea in the news. But anyway, hopefully our listeners have been keeping interest uh, in what's going on uh, throughout the course of the week. And of course, that tea meeting or that high tea that was had in Kandla has been had everybody talking. Uh, We don't know whether it was a simple tea or whatever it was, but who knew that a little tea party could make the country uh, stand still and and look uh, and pay attention. Uh, That now I'm referring to uh, the the, the tea party or tea meeting between uh, EFF uh, leader Julius Malema and the former president Jacob Zuma. And it was last week at Jacob Zuma's home in Inkanda they met. And there's been a lot of speculation about what was discussed at that meeting and because there was no formal statement released. And so we're just making allegations. In fact, I think the um, um, the chairperson, or no, 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 it's called now, the, the, the spokesperson for the EFF was a little bit condescending. He just said, oh, it was sweet and it was lots of tea was drank. But uh, we'll see in the next coming weeks what happens from that because it couldn't just be a question of tea. And this week is an important week because we can expect to hear the President Cyril Ramaphosa deliver his State of the Nation address. In the past, this uh, has always been quite a a fancy affair. Jacob Zuma moved it from the mornings. Uh, When I was young, they always had it in the mornings, and recently they've been having it in the evening, and it's been broadcast. And it's always been something of a spectacle, sometimes a good spectacle. In recent years, it hasn't always been a good spectacle with the shenanigans that go on as a former President F.W. de Klerk 
or it is the former president Jacob Zuma who's under the spotlight and all sorts of things happen. But this is going to be the first time that we're going to be having it under COVID-19 regulations. So it's going to be very different. It's normally a very uh, um, ceremony. It's got a lot of pomp and ceremony and all of that. This time, of course, we won't have that. That may well make it a much calmer persona than we have had in the past. The president will take the opportunity to outline the future plans for the country as well as how we're going to tackle the pandemic. Now for some good news, we're a water-stressed country. Uh, in, uh, in South Africa, we're always battling for water and we're always worried about the levels of our dams. And one of our major water supplies, the Vault Dam, is officially 100% full. If I could, you know, give it a round of applause, I would. And it's really good. Thank goodness for that. It's first time in about three years or four years that it's happened. And um, it's quite unusual for it to happen. Normally we're battling, we're just about surviving uh, with the uh, Vault Dam levels. The Vault Dam supplies much of Gauteng. Um, so it's very important. It can actually go beyond 100%. It can easily accommodate 120% of its official capacity. Now, if you want to contribute to the conversation, you can call us on 011-717-9881. You can also reach us on the various social media platforms, and you can be part of our show and engage with us. We're available on Twitter, at VowFM, using the hashtag LawFocus. On Facebook, we're VowFM. And for podcasts, you can visit vitstarjournalism.co.za forward slash law or the Vits Radio Academy page on Iono. You can also find us on Spotify. So if you want to stream us, you can do that. But of course, that isn't location dependent. Now, let's start with the first feature of, of the show. It's always, always, as I say, one of my favorite features of the show, Legal Hotspots. Uh, let's take a look at the hottest legal stories of the week. Rounding up all, all the top all stories, the of, the stories of the week is Legal Hotspots. Right, great to have you back. Let's take a look at the Legal Hotspots. This is becoming another contentious issue. I had thought that this was sorted out, but clearly it is not sorted out. And so we're back here some eight years after one of the more famous cases in this. But the citizen has reported that a medical doctor and her patient, both of whom are terminally ill, have applied to Johannesburg High Court to allow a physician to uh, administer or help them with assisted suicide and a physician-assisted suicide. According to the publication, the application by Suzanne Walter, a palliative care specialist, and her patient, Detail Hark, um, and they're supported by advocate Bruce Leach and Dr. Paul Rowe. Interesting uh, of, of note is that both of, of, of the people assisting are atheists. Uh, they will argue uh, that Christian values have been imposed through colonial legal systems on people who don't necessarily share these values, while the state and health professional councils of South Africa are opposing this application, probably not on religious grounds, but on their own ethical grounds. Uh, the matter is set down for hearing on the 22nd of February, and it's expected to start with the evidence of Walter, who was diagnosed in 2017, February 2017, with multiple myeloma. I'm hope, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And Hark, who was diagnosed in 2013 with motor neuron disease, a, a really debilitating disease, famously used uh, from the rest days and succumbed to that disease. So it takes a long time, painful, slow, slow death, that one. After the evidence of Walters and Hark, the matter will be reported. It has been reported that the matter will be adjourned until later in the year. Certainly an interesting one to look forward to. Um, in our second legal hotspot for the evening, Pretoria News has reported that a man who beat up his girlfriend to death, right? He beat up his girlfriend to death in an estate um, after he claimed he saw her kissing another man. Did you hear that? Kissing another man um, So he has been sentenced to 20 years Imprisonment The publication uh, continues to state That the Gauteng High Court In Pretoria Judged Mohine Musopa um, Said that those who lifted their hands Towards women and children Should be reminded that They would feel the full brunt Of the law The 32 year old Donovan McInnes admitted that he had murdered Adele Bezadenhout on the night of August the 18th, 2016. 
He said he was very sorry for what he had done, uh, but she had belittled him not only by kissing another man earlier that night, but also by insulting his manhood. Hmm. How dare she? Hmm? Is that the attitude? How dare she? Hmm. According to a post-mortem report, Bazaden Hurt died of blunt force trauma to the head and body with internal bleeding. Sure. Judge, it's so painful, Masopa, uh, Musopa, in sentencing McInnes, said Bazaden Hurt died a horrific death and he questioned the fact that McInnes, more than two years after the murder, asked her family for forgiveness in a letter. Yeah, South yeah. Africa. Yeah, a kiss. A kiss. A very, very, very difficult story to read that. Very difficult story. Yeah. But according to Eyewitness News, the organization Undoing Tax Abuse, which is Outer, they're a civil society organization, and they want the delinquency order against the former chairperson of SAA board, Ludumieni, to, to remain effective. And this is to allegedly protect uh, the public against reckless directors. The news outlet reported that the High Court in Pretoria heard an appeal by Mieni against the interim order declaring her a delinquent director for life. This was famously reported upon last year. It is said, um, oh, sorry, it was uh, ordered that Mieni immediately vacate her directorships that she held. Uh, but that she is now alleging that this would have a negative impact on her finances. Arta brought me into court accusing her of bringing the struggling SAA to its knees by collapsing deals that would have in fact made SAA self-sustainable. According to EWN, Mayani's lawyers believe that the appeal would succeed, saying that the judge who presided in the case made errors in law. Uh, they said that the judge erred in finding that Mayani could uh, put an incomplete version before the court. Arta is, however, insisting that the appeal application be dismissed to save South Africa from corrupt people who flouted processes. Judgment in the case has been reserved for the time being, but it is an interesting case, an important case, and we will see how that works out. Right, now that's been our legal hotspots for the week. We'll be back just after this ad break. Law Focus with Millicent Duwani and Tepo Mohabi. Welcome back to Law Focus with Millicent Ndiweni and Tepo Mohapi on VOFM 88.1. Remember that we are available uh, to you if you would like to engage with us on this show tonight. You can dial 011-717-9881 if you want to pose a question or comment to the topic. Or you can, uh, you know, check us out on Twitter at VOFM using the hashtag Law Focus or on Facebook, we are VOFM. You are able to interact with us on all these platforms. Now, as we have already indicated, tonight's topic is on how to terminate a customary marriage. Um, The importance of competing all the cultural and legal requirements of a customary marriage cannot be stressed enough, as there are cases whereby when not all the requirements are fulfilled, it resulted in major loss, distress, and really major legal cases and dilemma for the couple, particularly in the event of a death of a spouse. A few years ago, for instance, the country witnessed a high-profile couple in the entertainment industry broiled in a legal state after the man died. At that time, it was reported that the husband's family did not recognize the woman as his customary wife, and there were various issues surrounding the matter. Yeah, that's right. This is often a, a, a problem that exists within our communities where customary marriages are, are, are common. It's just gone 14 minutes after 7 o'clock. And what we're discussing are customary marriages, the consequences thereof, how they're resolved or how they're dissolved, rather, and how they actually fit into our legal system. Now, some of the requirements for one to be entered into a customary marriage is, and among other things, that you, of course, must both be over the age of 18, you must be majors, it should be negotiated and celebrated in terms of a custom. Now, Lobola, the actual price of Lobola doesn't have to be paid in full for the marriage to come into existence, and registration of the marriage once it comes into being uh, after the handover or the, or the, the, the celebrations, uh, that's not a requirement for the validity of the marriage. Of course, in the absence of an ANC, you may well be considered married in 
community of property. Tonight we're tackling how to legally officiate the separation of a customary marriage. All too often, we find that people simply celeb- uh, separate and say, well, listen, I'm done with you, you're done with me, and let's go our separate ways. Is that enough? Will that cause a problem in the future? What happens when another party gets remarried? What happens if other party, one of the uh, parties then subsequently passes away? Uh, what actually happened to this customary marriage? Does it still exist? Yeah, and we're going to be uh, listening to someone who's going to share their journey, um, their story about the experience with customary marriage and where they are to this, uh, on this day, um, how far they've come along in terms of divorcing, separating. And uh, the person's name is 26-year-old Pule Browns. Um, and as I've said, he went through a similar experience. Welcome, Pule, to Law Focus, and thank you so much for joining us this evening. Hi, how are you? Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, you're with Millicent and you are with Tepo. Uh, let's begin by, can you tell us more about the process on of how your marriage came about? How did that come about, your marriage? Um, we had Lobola negotiation. Um, remember, in all African cultures, you have to pay a certain amount of money to be fully staying with your wife. So we paid... Uh, Half of that, which was 25,000 rand, and then we had to pay again uh, to ask the permission from the uncle so that the wife can t- uh, move into the family. So, she, two years down the line, the relationship started to, went, to go west, and we did not agree on certain terms. And we took decision that as we are young, let's just take separate ways. Did you know that um, customary marriage was binding certain things, like uh, when we buy a house and a car together, and most of the assets that uh, they were in their house. So we then considered to go to the magistrate, and the magistrate was just guiding us. Until then, I met my lawyer, and then my lawyer started to do the things. Firstly, what you need to do, you need to register your marriage after three months after the law negotiations. And then after registering that marriage, if then you want to divorce, it will go the same way that civil marriage um, goes. Mm. You go and apply for a divorce, mm. and then they serve the sermons. After serving the sermons, then you are meet in court. So I'm at the stage of waiting for the court stage. Okay. Um, now... At that time when you got married, you don't say that you went to register. So I, 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 my understanding is you actually did not have a home affairs marriage certificate, correct? Yes, I didn't register because of, didn't. I had no clue about this. Yeah. I only knew about registering when we were going through the separation part where we needed to sell the house and a car. Mm. Mm. So how difficult did you, was from your experience, how difficult then was it um, to try and walk away from this marriage without even the proof of marriage through um, a marriage certificate. How hard was that for you? It was difficult because of I didn't know what's going to happen to the house and the cars that we have and the, some of the assets. And most of the time, the other family is standing with their uh, child yeah. and this family will be standing with their child. So the reason why I end up in magistrate court, it was, uh, I, I didn't want more violent, domestic violence from both of our families. Mm-hmm. The magistrate then issued um, protection order from both families so that they don't touch each other or they don't talk because of we, are, we are not in a good term. And then the magistrate was what he was trying to do. He was trying to actually ace things between me and my partner so that we can get back together. He was not actually motivating the issue of divorce until when I met my lawyer. And then my lawyer said, um, stop going to the magistrate because of the only thing you have with the magistrate is patience. Mm-hmm. And then my lawyer then said the customary marriage with home affairs so that I can be able to serve uh, a divorce. Mm-hmm. So, so, so tell me, Pule, have you found it... Um, have you found that the courts 
Well, over the years, the courts have simplified or tried to simplify the process of getting a divorce. Have you found that with customary marriages, this simplified uh, system works or it's still not as useful or not as user-friendly as it could be? Yes, um, it's not user-friendly at all because of they don't tell us about it. Mm. And um, there's a lot of things that you meet at court, actually, mm. that uh, we are entitled to. Mm. They don't tell us. And the, the other thing that is that when you're into customary marriage, you can marry more than uh, multiple partners, yeah. which is they don't tell us about it. Mm. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So most of the things I met at the court, I met at the court. Uh, this is and now when, you, when your marriage is coming to an end already. Yes, when my marriage was coming to an end, even the magistrate was not actually more open about it. Mm, 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 yes. mm, mm. So, uh, um, um, at our courts, we sometimes have things like um, uh, uh, the legal aid offices or uh, sometimes even the legal uh, aid clinic, you know, from the universities and things like that. Did, were you advised to go to places like that so that you could get more advice so you don't have to keep going back to court to find out information? Did they give you that kind of advice? No, the magistrate did not actually want us to go through the divorce. The magistrate said our marriage is not registered and our marriage is not legal. We can separate and the only thing that the magistrate was doing was coordinate certain things. Then I got uh, advice from social media. Somebody said, get a lawyer mm. so that the things can be speed up. And uh, I don't know if maybe it's only me or my lawyer or something. There's two laws into our uh, uh, in this country that are actually um, accommodating us Africans, black Africans and white people. So those are the things that they don't tell us most, especially when we get married in this customary marriage, mm. marriages. And they really affect us because of now the stress of sharing certain uh, assets that they were not involved and going through the court is actually not good. Mm. Um, if you had it your way, if you, you know, could go back and um, to, to before you got married um, in terms of customary law, what did you wish you had known before choosing that as an option? I learned about contracts at this day, the prenups. So I wish I should have known um, such information that when you get married, especially at, at the age that we are at and especially in the world that we're living in today, we are not getting married because of we love each other. We are getting married because of families. We're getting married because of somebody's pregnant. We get married because of someone is rich. We want to secure the bed. But mm. um, I would advise um, my peers out there to get married under the contract. Okay, so signing an antenuptial would have made more sense for you, yeah? Yes, because um, of it, it doesn't only help with assets. It helps with a lot of things. It actually benefits both of us. Because of, remember in us, in our culture, they said we must get married in committee of property so that uh, the wife can own 100% of everything as the husband. But that tells the wife as well. Let me give an example. Let, let me say my wife, if she's a doctor, and then um, I'm working just pity jobs. So when I have loans, my wife will cover that if we're in community of property. So when you're in prenups, in contracts, you don't have to because of what whatever that is yours is yours whatever that is mine is mine so it had more especially on such incidents mm, okay um uh, last question before we let you go Bule. um you made re- a lot of reference to they don't tell us about it um so does they um who know more and should educate people entering into customary marriage about the expectations and the legal um you know, rules that they are binding themselves to. Who are those people and how do you think people should then be educated about customary marriage? What's the right way to educate the masses? I think it should start um, from our parents because of they don't know about this. They know about it because of it, it was happening back then, but now it's in the hands of government. I think it also, they should be, um, I don't know, 
classes or something that they teach us about most especially youth from rural areas because of this happens in the rural areas and had people saying in in the court there are legal um legal people legal things in the rural areas we don't have that we have court with magistrates it can be two or three of magistrates and then when you you want to get married it's either you go to home affairs or you do it under the tree with your uncle mm-hmm. it's not the same as Johannesburg. it's not the same as Durban and cape town so I've, uh, uh, government as well, they are failing us because they should bring all these offices uh, each and every province, they should have that. Because of, if now I'm in Guadalajara, I have to do these prenup things. I have to get a lawyer. It's a must. You, don't, you can't do it at court because of the, the magistrate, they don't actually um, support that. They will tell you either you do in or out. Okay. They don't have other types of contracts. That's interesting. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Pule Browns, for sharing your story with us. We appreciate your time. So um, that was 26-year-old Pule Browns um, who was married by customary law. Um, and that obviously means he was married in community of property. And uh, he's sharing his story of the difficulties of trying to separate from a marriage um, when you don't even have it uh, you, you didn't even have a marriage certificate to prove his marriage in the first place but also you know how difficult it was for him to to walk away considering that you have to share the matrimonial property things that he feels strongly that he should have been told before entering into the marriage in the first place so um and he spoke vehemently about it and you might know someone who has gone through a similar experience or is going through a similar experience this will definitely help them we're going to be talking to a lawyer coming up next so you don't want to miss the stay tuned uh, to get more information law focus handing you your rights Welcome back to Law Focus. It's just gone 28 after 7. You are listening to Millicent Ndiweni and Tapo Mohapi on VAWFM 88.1. And if you have just joined us tonight, we are discussing customary marriage. Remember that you are able to interact with us on Twitter at VAWFM using the hashtag Law Focus. On Facebook as well, just VAWFM. Or you can dial us up 11 717-9881. We would love to hear from you. Um, on the 15th of November, 2000, various developments and amendments were made on customary marriage in South Africa. And not many of us could have the knowledge of them. I'm going to allow Tepo to continue with this one. And as you do, Tepo, perhaps you want to give a bit of feedback um, concerning the, you know, the case study that we just had a few minutes ago. Yeah, well, I mean, in some of the shortcomings that we've had in our justice as a magistrate who clearly um, wasn't giving, it was not his job to give advice, but when he did give advice, it wasn't the correct advice. So even some of our magistrates get these questions like this wrong, clearly speaking to uh, Pule. Now, when Pule shared his experience with us about, you know, legally, legally registering his marriage, etc., etc. These are all sort of obstacles and hurdles which don't exist should you get married in one of our other... Uh, so there are three laws which govern our our, our matrimonial... or not matrimonial, our, our, our marriages in this country. One is the Marriages Act, one is the Civil Union, and the last one is the Customary Marriages Act. And it is difficult. Really, it can be difficult with the Customary Marriage Act to get everything 100% correct because many things are not written down, many are not registered, subsequent marriages happen, and there are real shortcomings. But I am not really the expert. You have not tuned in to listen to me waffle about my opinions on customary marriages. For that, we've invited Justice um, uh, Justice Magai, and he is is the supervisory legal practitioner from Legal Aid, and he's going to give us his opinion on the topic. Uh, welcome to Law Focus, Justice. Thank you for being part of the show. No, thank you for the opportunity. Man. Right, I'm I, I'm horrible with surnames. Did I get it correct? Hundred percent, man, and I appreciate that. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, Look, good, good, good. My colleagues always complain. I fluff every surname. Anyway, no, no, you are improving, I guess. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, let's let, let's get to perhaps first things first. Yes. When does a customary marriage come into existence? And we can just kill two birds with one stone. Is it in or is it out of community of property? 
awesome stuff. Uh, let's go ahead and kill the bitch with, uh, with uh, one stone. Uh, I, I heard you mentioning the Customary Marriages Act. Mm. So uh, since 1998, we have uh, RCMA, Recognition of Customary Marriages Act of 1998. Uh, it lists the requirement for a valid customary marriage. Yeah? Mm. Uh, the pros- prospective spouses must both be above the age of 18 years. Uh, both of them need to consent to the customary marriage. Mm. And now the marriage must be negotiated and entered into or celebrated in accordance with our customs or customary law. And therein comes the problem. Because mm, mm, mm. we've got different customs. Uh, the babies have a different custom. The Zongas have a different yes, custom. Yes, the Zonas yes. have a, So now therein lies the problem. You then ask the issue of whether is it in community of property or out of community of property. Mm. Uh, luckily, uh, it's in community of property. All... Yes. Uh, if not, yeah, all marriages in South Africa, if the parties don't choose uh, the marital regime, mm. are automatically in community of property, good and bad, though, uh, it just depends. Normally, people find out during divorce uh, mm. the consequences of not choosing or electing, but the customary marriages are in community of property if they were entered into uh, after 15 November 2000. Before right. then, uh, the customs apply, but after 15 November uh, 2000, they are all automatically in community of property. Mm-hmm. So you raised an interesting one there, because uh, I mean nowadays, uh, even uh, even people my age are are often of mixed heritage. For example, mm-hmm. my mother Zulu, my father uh, was Sotho. So it means that you know they have slightly different customs. Does that really is that sometimes where the challenge lies, or is it more a question of um, is it the is it the culture the cultural practices where sometimes the confusion lies or in your experience is it more a question of we don't know what the legalities are? No, before we even get to the legalities, it comes it comes to the cultural practices because okay. remember uh, 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 the legalities found us as African people or, or indigenous people already performing the cul- the, the, the rights mm. the the cultures. Mm. So basically, the confusion stems from uh, the the customs. There are too many different customs, and we interpret them differently. Like the issue of handing over of the bride. Right. Uh, do we need to hand over the bride? Don't we need to hand over the bride? Do we need volum lomo? We don't need volum lomo. Do you pay one payment and you are done, or do you continuously continue paying? Do you understand? Yes, yes, yes. And, and therein, that's where the problems lie. Uh, on the issue of handing over and customs, uh, I think people are familiar with the case of a, 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 a double HP, right? Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, Singadi, uh, the case is uh, Singadi. Uh, there, the issue stemmed from whether she was handed over or not. Uh, the father of WHP considered that, no, there was no customary marriage because there was no handing over of the bride. However, Lerato Singadi and her attorneys continued that, no, 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 no. The aunts of WHP, they, they took the traditional attire, attire from their custom or their side and then they, they clothed her in it and said, no, and introduced her as the wife of WHP. Mm. However, the father said, no, there was still outstanding 15,000 rents, which is true. And also there was still the custom of handing over. There was no handing over. And, and therefore, according to me, they're not married. Therefore, I'm entitled to bury my son in the Northwest. In the northwest. Mm. However, the Supreme Court of Appeal said, no, 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 no. The handing over is not a requirement per se. It's not the be-all and end-all uh, a, a, a requirement. If there was no handing over, but there were customary uh, rights which were uh, t- uh, uh, performed. Lobola was negotiated, there was a celebration, WHP was clothed uh, in his traditional attire, they uh, clothed Lerato uh, in traditional attire, they were witnesses to mm. that, and they were staying together as husband and wife. Mm. Uh, the court said, 
Mm, they were married in terms of customary uh, law or customary marriages. Right. So it, it, it just varies and depends. Eh? Yeah. Mm, indeed, it's complicated. Um, Very. <laughs> I want to go back to the money. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens when there is more than one wife? Is it still community of property? And what are the complexities of that, if so? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, now, uh, the issue of polygamy, uh, uh, the beauty, and I use the word loosely, depends on where you're coming from. Uh, some people do believe uh, in uh, uh, marrying more than one one wife in polygamy. So the law says you can do that. Hence, we have the Customary Marriages Act. It says you can do that. However, for you to enter into a second customary marriage, you notify your current wife. Then you also seek permission an order of court which will regulate the future matrimonial property system of the marriages. And by that, that's where you came in and said, is it community of property or is it out? Guess what? It's still community of property. Okay. However, there, uh, there must be an order regulating that the first wife is protected, second wife is protected. If there's three or four, all of them are protected. Mm, okay. Yes. Is that so, why earlier on you said... Luckily, it's community of property because yes. everyone is protected. Well, all the women are. Yes, the women are, and all, and they're all equal because uh, we have this debate of whether the first wife is the head of the wives, uh, is the boss of the wives, uh, for lack of a better word. No, they are all equal. Uh, there's no one who's a child. Yes, in the eyes of the community and uh, uh, the village, the first wife is important. But legally speaking. All of them are important. Mm, okay. Um, you can't discriminate against the, the other one because Yana, she was a uh, Johnny come lately. She was the last one. <laughs> Certainly. Okay, if you're joining us, we are in conversation with Justice McGuire and he is a legal practitioner from Legal Aid. Remember that you can stream us live on vowfm.co.za and you can listen to our conversation on how to terminate a customary marriage. Um, we're talking to, to, to we're going to continue our conversation with uh, Justice McGuire after taking this short break. Listening to Law Focus? Connect with VowFM88.1 on Twitter and Facebook. Be your own lawyer. Welcome back to Law Focus with Tapo Mohapi and Millicent Ntiweni. It's just going to 21 minutes before 8 this Tuesday evening. We are continuing our conversation with Mr. Justice Magai. He is a legal practitioner coming to us from Legal Aid. Um, he was just, uh, you know, talking about the community of property and how that works when you marry more than one wife according to customary law. But, Mr. Justice, how yes, about yes. if someone who is already married in terms of, you know, the Customary Marriage Act decides mm-hmm. that they want to marry a person, a someone else in terms of a civil marriage? Is that possible? Okay, uh, that's a great question. Uh, number one, once you marry in terms of customary uh, uh, marriages, you can also go ahead and uh, have a civil marriage. However, before you do that, there are certain requirements you need to meet. Uh, you notify your current wife, of course. Then you tell her what is happening. Then now she either needs to decide, can I convert? We, we, we end the customary marriage and then convert it into a civil marriage. If she agrees, you can go ahead. However, if, if she doesn't agree, then uh, you would then unfortunately have to divorce her. Okay. Uh, yes, because here's the thing. Uh, if you're already a party to a civil marriage, uh, in terms of the Marriages Act, you cannot now conclude a customary marriage and vice versa. Okay. Two follow-up yes, so questions you, then. Yes, you would have to end it up. Okay. Two follow-up questions then. So... Um, in, you are saying that you met, you get married firstly in customary marriage in order for you to marry that same person who you are already married to in terms of a customary marriage. Uh, basically, that that uh, 
I don't know, you have to leave the customary marriage as your protection and enter into a civil marriage as civil your protection. Marriage. Yes, okay. yes, into, into a civil marriage. Because uh, now, uh, the, the two clash. Uh, civil clash. marriage is different. Customary marriage is, is, is different. So now, if you are customary married, and then you tell your wife, no, Mina, I, I want to marry uh, wife number two, yes. uh, uh, in terms of uh, what civil civil marriage, uh, you, she would have to consent to change the regime or the way the two of you are married uh, to civil. So it would be civil. Uh, uh, that's where the issue would be. And I was going to ask you to, to also clarify then, what is it that makes these marriage acts different? Um, the customary, the civil, I think we've got how many, is it three or four in South Africa? What <laughs> makes them different? Okay, we've got a civil marriage, then we also have a civil union, Yeah. then we have a customary marriage. Mm. Okay, uh, the civil marriage, uh, for lack of a better word, and I use the word loosely, would be what we call a white wedding per se civil marriage we use the marriages act then that one is applicable to people who are not indigenous uh, uh, indigenous people would be people who were found in the country uh, different cast- uh, cultures indigenous african people that would be mostly of black people and yes. uh, that for them that's customary marriage then civil marriage would be uh, others who choose not to marry in terms of any custom except the the white inverted commas white custom. Okay, all right. Yes, uh, uh, like like your Roman Dutch law. Because uh, remember, there's African Indigenous law, then there's Roman Dutch law, and the other laws which are, are applicable, which they came with uh, from Europe uh, into Africa. Okay, thanks for the clarity. <clears throat> What about, okay, um, in terms of education, in terms of education, um, we're speaking earlier on to someone who was sharing the experience of being married in terms of the customary marriage and the difficulty of trying to divorce. Um, Firstly, you don't even have a marriage certificate to prove your marriage. But I guess thinking that you are divorced when you are not divorced because you didn't divorce in terms of um, the way divorce is supposed to happen, I think we're going to ask you to delve into that a little bit later. Um, But my question then is about educating people about customary marriage so that they know exactly what they are signing up for. How do you think that can actually take place, considering like what you just said, most of these people are indigenous people. Maybe some of them are, you know, not in um, towns. They are far in Makaya and they're getting advice Mm -hmm. from Baholo on how to, you know, enter into a union. You know, the person, uh, Bule, who was talking to us saying perhaps because of the pressure of um, there's a pregnancy or you need to get married. We are Kula and Asia we we want you know or whatever um so what is how do we educate people about the legal ramifications of customary marriage ordinary before they get into it so that they don't only find out about it when they divorce yes yes yes, yes. Uh, i think that's where the different government institutions uh, will play an important role like legal aid south africa like the Department of Justice, because legally in South Africa, we do have uh, uh, outreach programs. Those are called uh, civil law clinics, wherein we do uh, go and educate members of the public, especially the, the, those who are not informed uh, with regards to their rights, uh, insofar as marriages are concerned, customary marriage is concerned, uh, applying for child grants, uh, and all the different aspects or social issues which are affect people. So now, Department of Justice could also play a role. Department of Social Development could also play a role wherein we have road shows, especially we go to the rural areas, uh, where the customs are still applicable. Because uh, I think, uh, and I do speak under correct correction, in the urban areas, uh, the customary marriages are, 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 are rarely concluded. But in the rural areas, uh, most of the marriages are customary marriages. So I think different government institutions and would have to play a role. Also, radio stations like yourself uh, would also have to play a role. Hence, you are doing it. You, you're getting experts to come through and also talk to people, and you, you, you make the broadcast available to people. So I think that's where it becomes important. Radio stations, community uh, stations, 
uh, 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 NGOs, Department of Social Development, and all the different government departments, because this is important. Because in my line of work, I've come across people thinking that they are married, coming to claim and saying, no, uh, husband passed away. Uh, I thought we were married. Then we check the marriage. Uh, they were actually not legally married in terms of Customary Marriages mm-hmm. Act. Uh, yes, there was some lobola paid or there was something mm-hmm. resembling uh, an exchange, but then technically speaking, there was no Customary Marriage, and then that's where the problem uh, come in. You, you see uncles kicking out uh, uh, their wives, and taking their property because according to them uh, there was no marriage in terms of and things like that right, right. if you've just joined us uh, we're speaking with jacob and he's from uh, the legal aid clinic he's helping us um with uh, uh with understanding civil marriages or customary marriages rather and yes, yes. their consequences Jacob, tell oh, so my my apology. I keep saying Jacob, it's justice. My apologies. No, no, I remember there was a caveat. You you did say that. Uh, <laughs> I get I, I get confused. I get yes, no, I'm sorry, man. justice. <laughs> no, so it's fine. Dear listener, we're speaking to justice, not Jacob. Um, now, um, in the past, in our customs, it was that the father was the. Or let me put it differently: the the children belong to the father, and the mm-hmm. mother was, mother did not have any rights over the children. So if the marriage ended, the children stayed with the father or the father's yes. family. Yes. Is that still the case? Have we changed our attitude? If you're married in a customary marriage, do you have to be subjected to that type of patriarchy? Oh, thank goodness, thank goodness, that is no longer the case. That is no longer the case. And to add to what you said, also in the past, a woman was regarded as a child. You could have a 40-year-old being regarded as a child because she's married in terms of customary uh, rights or customary marriages. Thank thank goodness, because the Recognition of Customary Marriages Act gives full powers and equal powers to both men and women. And also, this would be against the Constitution. Mm. Remember, right to equality, Mm. right to equal treatment, right against discrimination. Imagine they discriminate against you because you are a woman. Uh, uh, That would be unfair. Uh, That is no longer the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mean, we have come a really, really, really long way. Um, And so it's important for people to understand that one. That's true, that's true. And also the protection of women's rights. That's right. Especially in polygamous marriages uh, has been emphasized. And women as well have a right to the joint property of the marriage. Yeah, yeah. So both of them are, are 50-50, as Mendoza used to say, 50-50. <laughs> both of them are 50-50. He was a prophetic man, it seems. I'm <laughs> telling you, man. I'm telling you. So ultimately, one of the biggest questions, and perhaps it's going to be appropriately our last question for the evening is... Mm-hmm. I'm Tabo. I've entered into this customary marriage. I was just like Buleli. I was in love, and and okay, the marriage now ends, and we say we're going our separate ways. Very often, families will advise, uh, let's write a letter and say that we're parting ways, or um, let's just have li- li- live separate lives. You do you, I'll do me. I'll get married to somebody else. You get married to someone else, and we won't have to deal with each other ever again. How do you end the customary marriage? Can you end it like that? Uh, can you not end it like that? We hear Pule was advised by a magistrate to separate his assets, etc. Is this the way to go about things, or what can you do to end the customary marriage? Okay, the reason why we used to write letters to the families is because previously uh, a customary marriage was regarded as not a marriage between two people, but a marriage between two families. Hmm. You understand mm. so now when you are saying you're going your separate ways you must tell everyone you must tell everyone must tell the uncle tell the aunt and things like that however you choose to get married in terms of the recognition of customary marriages act it's registered uh, at home affairs so then you are legally married mm. if you are to divorce you can't just walk away and say, hey, I'm divorced, you are not divorced, you're going to get the shock of your life. <laughs> you would then need to approach a court. And now that's where the, the, the complexity starts, because we are now saying Customary Marriages Act. However, you then div- divorce in terms of the Divorce Act, mm. which is not a customary act. 
if you follow what I'm trying to say. Yes. So, 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 the no, normal marriages, that is the civil marriages, would use the Divorce Act. Now, uh, there are different scholars who say, why can't we also use a different act, act for divorces of customary marriages? However, you would have to approach a civil court mm. uh, at your local magistrate's court. You uh, draft your summons. You allege that you were married in terms of customary marriages. Uh, if it was not registered, it is not a change match, by the way. People have this uh, uh, idea that if it's not registered... It, it is not a, a customary marriage. It's not recognized. It is recognized. It's just that you must bring witnesses. Mm -hmm. If I was there uh, at your wedding, I would draft an affidavit saying, yeah, I saw them. They, they were dancing on the street holding hands. There was an exchange of this cow or that goat and things like that. So then that would prove that, yes, they were married. So we would then ask the court to then divorce. Mm and then split our assets 50-50. Remember, it's a community of a property. property. That's yes, right. and both parties would be protected. If you had a pension, you would get 50% or vice versa uh, or, or, or things like that. So main thing is to protect uh, uh, the contracting parties. Mostly in this instance, it's, it's mostly women who uh, end up losing through these divorces and, 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 and things like that. Yeah. Well, Jacob, thank you for justice. Thank you for your insights, justice. We appreciate your time and your being here with us tonight. It was very insightful because some of these questions are questions that you don't really get answers to from the man on the street or from family members you have to get yes. from an expert thank you for taking your time thank you and we appreciate you being here we hope you enjoy your day further thank you guys you too man. thanks thank you. so there you have it dear listener we've answered some of the more important questions about a customary marriage even through my fluffing names and so on i hope you understood ultimately if you do get married in terms of customary marriages your marriage will be recognized your rights will be there in community of property in the absence of a prenup your rights of your children your property will be the same as those who conclude a civil marriage but then if you want to end that marriage you're under the same obligation as a person who got married in terms of the civil marriage that means if you want to end your customary marriage you're obliged to get a divorce mm. we've now come to the end of yet another interesting one-hour journey with a vitz law focus and it was produced in conjunction with the vitz radio academy right here on your favorite station vow fm 88.1 it's now five minutes to eight. Thank you for joining us tonight and we hope you enjoyed the topic. Also that it was informative for you. To our guests, Pule Browns and Justice Magai, not Jacob, Justice Magai from Legal Aid, we appreciate your respective inputs. Now, to our producers, Rifile Mekwa, our technical producer, Kutrana Serame, thank you for putting the show together for us. And thank you from myself, Tapu Mahapi, as well as Millicent Dueni. It's always a pleasure working with you every Tuesday evening. We hope you enjoy the rest of the evening and that you're going to tune in again next uh, next week at the same time, same place, to get a little bit more of our insights. Good night. Good night. Law Focus Podcast.